If your doctor does any of these things, run. It's time to find a different healthcare provider. If they make the treatment all about them, they're the guru with the magic hands and they're going to fix their problem, but nobody else can. And it's kind of a magic sounding solution. It's time to run away. If they don't give you alternatives, if they scare the shit out of you, if they only see you for five minutes, and if they do any of the other things that I'm going to talk about in today's episode, it is time to run far, far away and find a better healthcare provider that is really going to care about you, your unique circumstances, what you've been dealing with, and come up with a personalized plan so that you can really reclaim your life. I'm Dr. Anthony Davis with Shapeshift Wellness, and this is the Health or Hoax podcast. As a reminder, the video format of this podcast is on the Shapeshift Wellness YouTube channel, and the audio is under Health or Hoax on all the major podcasting platforms. If you ever want to work with me one-on-one, you can find me at shapeshiftwellness.com. The link is in the description, and I help people all over the country and even all over the world to reclaim their life and heal from chronic pain. Now, let's get into today's episode. So, What do you want to watch out for when you're trying to find a new healthcare provider of any kind, whether that's your primary care physician, a chiropractor, a physical therapist, an acupuncturist, a massage therapist, a naturopath, a dietitian? It does not matter who you are seeking answers from. If they are going to be helping you with your health, if they are going to be a healthcare provider, these questions, these issues, these red flags are things that you can either pre-screen your providers for or at least try to feel out when you do meet them and see if they're going to be a good provider for you. See if they're really going to have your best interests in mind or if they're essentially only worried about themselves, their own fancy techniques, their own ego is getting in the way of your care. I know that it can be difficult finding a provider, and I know it can be frustrating. It can be so frustrating that some people simply lose trust altogether for doctors. And that's, frankly, that's not good for your health uh, because a lot of people, you know, I've had patients who come into my clinic and they see me and they say, you know, oh, you know, I never go into the doctor, but you know, it really got bad this time. And well, for a couple of reasons, that's really bad. One, because do you really only want to be paying attention to a healthcare concern once it gets bad enough? I can tell you it's much, much harder to undo Uh, the condition, right, than to prevent it in the first place. It is way harder to dig yourself out um, than if you just didn't get stuck in the hole in the first place, right? So if we can be preventative, that's great, right? So having a primary care physician, getting an annual physical, getting blood work done, making sure we're monitoring things like your blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera. Those things are vital. Please do those things. I know that it's hard to find a good healthcare provider, but I hope that this episode helps you to vet some of them ahead of time so you don't mess your, uh, uh, waste your time running around from office to office trying to find somebody who actually cares about you. You know, that it wouldn't be uh, irregular for me to have a patient who hasn't seen a doctor in years and they come into me and I'm the first doctor that they've seen in a long time and I'm the first person who's taken their blood pressure maybe ever if not in a very, very, very long time. And 
I hate to be the one that has to tell them that they have hypertension that's been undiagnosed and unmanaged and wreaking havoc on their uh, their blood vessels and their organs for years. Or worse yet, and I don't want to get scary here, but let's be honest, there are more serious conditions that can occur that if you had simply seen a healthcare provider, they could have been screening for those serious conditions. So it is important to be able to trust, to, to be able to find a healthcare provider that you can trust because, well, your, your, your life is on the line. So I hope these things are going to help. Now, I know that we've all had bad experiences. We've all had bad experiences with healthcare providers who don't care about us, don't see us for long enough, don't get to know us, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we have these terrible experiences. So I think that these, um, following things are going to help you to prevent that. First of all, before I get into it, I want you to know something. You can call your healthcare provider ahead of time and you can vet them. Whether you get to talk to the doctor themselves or the provider themselves, um, or you get their front desk staff, you have the right to take your healthcare into your own hands. You can contact your provider ahead of time and you can ask them any question you want to. And if it doesn't seem like it's going to be a good fit, you can call somebody else. Okay. You have that right. It is your body. It is your choice. You are allowed to do whatever you want and you should make informed decisions before selecting a healthcare provider. That is why for me with my own patients, I do a free discovery call. You can call me and we chat for a little, uh, just a short time. We get to know each other. It's as much as it is for me to get to know if I'm going to, um, if you're going to be a good fit for my clinic, and if I can actually help you, as it is for you to have a chance to interview me, to vet me and see if you think that I'm going to be able to have your best interest in mind and actually get you to the place that you want to go. You can ask me any question that you like. And if you don't like the way that I operate, you can go and find somebody else. And that is perfectly fine. So some healthcare providers do that. Others do not. You won't actually be able to talk to the doctor. But even if you are just getting the front desk staff on the phone, you can definitely ask them a little bit about, hey, what's the typical appointment time? How long do patients typically come in? What does it cost? Um, what kind of treatment do you actually do? What, you know, how do we come up with a plan? Blah, blah, blah. You can, you can, get those answers ahead of time. At least you can get partial answers. So enough about that. I just want you to feel that you are empowered, that your health is in your hands and you are not sort of just like a leaf on the wind and wherever the healthcare system blows, you're just going to go. You know, it can feel like a gauntlet going through all these providers. I've had so many patients with chronic pain who have been to 10, 20, 30, countless providers, and they all give a different diagnosis and a different treatment plan and different medications and supplements. And it's, it's a nightmare. It's a total fucking nightmare. So let's clear the air and I'll give you some practical things to find out about your provider. So first up, guru syndrome. I just call it guru syndrome. If they act like they're the guru, the master, the end all be all, the magic 
pill, the silver bullet, if they act like they've got the stuff that's going to fix anything, any disease, um, run away, (laughs) just run away, find a different provider, find somebody who's a little bit more open-minded and who doesn't make themselves out to be the hero. Maybe find somebody who's willing to make you into the hero because at the end of the day, you are the hero of your own healthcare journey and you have to slay the dragon. You have to blow up the death star. You have to drop the ring into the volcano, right? You are the hero. They are just a guide. So if they are not your teammate, then the story's about them. Don't let them make the story be about them. So here are a couple of examples of how somebody can make it all about them. Now, there are a lot of providers that are all obsessed with their own techniques, their own um, training, their certifications, et cetera. And so they're going to tell you that they have the magic pill, right? Now, if any time you get to a provider and they give you a singular solution for all things, if they give you a magic bullet solution, you need to shy away from that person because they are not open-minded. They do not have your vested interest in in heart. Um, and they're not going to be the best provider for you. So if we think about that, here, here are some examples. Um, let's take the, uh, let's take physical therapy, for example. So for low back pain, oftentimes physical therapists will default to sort of a magic bullet answer. You have low back pain because you don't have core strength or you don't have low back pain because you don't have glute strength. Usually it's core. It's all about core. And they will give this magic bullet solution to all of their patients with low back pain. So everybody with low back pain, even though everybody's low back pain is different and multifactorial, by the way, you're not a machine. So it cannot be boiled down to just core strength. Even if core strength is part of the solution, it cannot be the only part of the solution. It cannot be the only solution. Um, And they're giving this solution to every single patient. So they're giving a magic bullet solution. That doesn't work. It doesn't exist, okay? Um, Chiropractors, I'll throw my own profession under the bus because we've got some bad apples. Um, They will tell you that your spine is misaligned, that it's impeding your vital life force, your vital energy that's flowing through your body. And therefore, if your spine is misaligned, it is going to impact every type of disease, including cancer. Crazy, crazy. These are people who deserve to have their licenses revoked because they are off the deep end. They have completely gone loony. They need to be in the loony bin. They're crazy. Run away from them because that's just not how the human body works. You cannot boil something as complicated as disease or chronic pain down to a tiny misalignment in the spine, which by the way, I'll have to do a whole episode on this, but misalignments of the spine basically don't exist except for some very specific situations like a spondylolisthesis or a fracture where things are legitimately in the wrong place and you need to do something about it immediately. So they're giving a silver bullet solution, a magic bullet solution where the vital life force in your body because of spinal alignment basically cures everything or causes all disease. That's crazy. That's nonsense. Or let's take acupuncture. They might say that the blockage of chi is causing all disease and that the good healthy flow of chi will prevent any disease. Not everybody's claiming that, but some people are claiming that and they're totally off their rocker. Um, But let's not just talk about the alternative medicine practitioners. Let's talk about allopaths. 
they do it too. So let's look at, um, <laughs> there, there are actually some popular uh, pop culture examples of this, right? Where we've got people like Dr. Oz, right? I mean, he's, uh, I think he's a medical doctor. I don't think he's a DO, but at least in the United States, DOs and MDs um, have b- virtually the exact same training and uh, the exact same license, essentially. So it doesn't really matter. But uh, he's I mean, I don't even want to get started with Dr. Oz and the crazy things that he says. Um, but another popular example that pops up in my mind is this carnivore MD guide. Please do not check him out. He's, uh, and now I'm going to cause, uh, I, I hate the reverse psychology thing. D- don't feed him. Okay. He's, uh, he's, he's crazy. He, he basically believes that plants are the devil, that plants are all, they're all toxic. They all have defense chemicals and they're all going to poison your body from the inside out and that you should only eat eat butter and, um, I don't know, red meat, which is insane. Basically his magic bullet solution is eat as much fat and protein as you possibly can. And it better come from an animal because all plants are the devil. That's, it's just crazy. It's a magic bullet solution and it doesn't make any sense. I'm not against eating fat. I'm not even against eating butter and red meat. They're fine. But there <laughs> plants are fine too. You know what I mean? It, that's the kind of thing is when people get really, um, they pigeonhole themselves to where this is the one and only solution to everything. And then they are bound to be wrong uh, quite often, honestly. Or let's take another, this is a common one for medical doctors. Let's, sorry, but let's throw a couple of surgeons under the bus, right? Yes, even somebody with as much training as in surgery is prone to magic bullet thinking, i.e., surgery is the only solution. So if they don't believe that there are other options, if they don't believe that you should try physical therapy first, that type of thing, um, or if they, you know, you essentially in their world because of their training, Surgery is the one and only solution to anything because they view your body as a machine. You are not a machine. In fact, if we look at real studies of things like uh, low back pain, so your surgeon might get obsessed with your disc herniation and we need to cut that thing up. Uh, We need to replace the disc. We need to whatever. And it is not necessarily the case because guess what? First of all, Two-thirds of disc herniations heal on their own spontaneously, even with no treatment within 6 to 12 months. The worse the disc injury is, the more likely it is to completely heal itself. And in asymptomatic studies, when we do an MRI of people who have zero pain whatsoever, most of them have issues on an MRI. They have things like disc degeneration they have disc herniations, disc protrusions. They have abnormal curvatures. If you look at their shoulders, their hips, they have labral tears. They have rotator cuff tears. They have all kinds of stuff on an MRI, and yet they have zero pain. Therefore, it is quite common. In fact, it is not an exception. It's the rule that most people have abnormal structure. Oh, wait, if it's common for it to be, quote, abnormal, maybe it's not actually abnormal. It's normal to have things like a little bit of degeneration, which is just where uh, it's not even wear and tear. It's more of a dehydration. So the surgeon might look at those things and say, oh, we got to cut it out, cut it up, replace it, whatever, um, without trying something else because they are the guru. They have the magic solution to all of your problems. 
Okay. So if they have a magic solution, run away. It doesn't matter who they are, what provider they are. It doesn't matter how many years of training. And this leads me into my next thing that you want to watch out for, which is alternatives. If your provider does not present you with any alternatives, or they do not give you a comprehensive strategy that covers multiple aspects of your health, or they do not encourage you to work with other providers as well, then that basically means that they're giving you a magic bullet solution. So for example, with surgery, that's an easy one. If they don't give you the alternative of saying, well, you could have surgery, and in my opinion, you should, but let's try physical therapy first. If they don't do that, they're not giving you an alternative. Even in my world, where I'm doing physical rehabilitation with people, I will recommend things like having somebody in your corner for your mental health, because with chronic pain, your mental health is so important and intrinsically tied to your pain experience, to disability, to actual pain levels measurably. Yes, this measurably. Our thoughts and attitudes measurably impact our pain levels and uh, sensitivity. And I'll recommend that people maybe work on their nutrition or their sleep or their social situation, that they're hanging out with family, etc. And I, I might even refer them to people that I don't think the treatment actually works. So for example, I don't believe in, you know, energy healing and Reiki, but I would totally send a patient to go to an energy healer if, if they're already into it, if they already believe in it, um, if they have not been responding to the treatments that I'm providing in the way that I expected them to uh, respond. So if they're not getting the, the benefit and the progress that I want to see, it's time to try something else, even if I don't personally believe in it. That's okay. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit later because I'm going to talk about having research to back up the things that you're doing. And we have no research to support um, uh, Reiki or energy healing. And yet I would still totally send a patient to go get it because it does work for some people. I'll discuss a little bit more of that later. But the point is that if your um, provider is so, you know, full of themselves to think that, well, it's either what I do or nothing. Either the if the thing that I didn't that I did did not work, there are no other alternatives because I'm the best. I chose the best thing. There's nothing else you could possibly try. Time to run away. Okay, the next thing that I want to talk about is a nocebo. So a nocebo is the opposite of a placebo. A placebo, I'm going to make this very simple, even though this is not um, technically the correct definition of a placebo. Uh, so if you actually understand what that is, please forgive me. I'm trying to make it simple. So a placebo essentially is a fake treatment that you still get better because you believe that you were taking a real treatment. So because of your belief in the treatment, it actually ended up working. Now, a nocebo is the opposite of that. A nocebo is that because you believe that a thing is harmful to the body, now it becomes harmful to the body simply because of your belief in it. For example, if your um, physical therapist or surgeon or chiropractor tells you that your spinal discs are like jelly donuts and that every time you bend forward, you squish the jelly out of the back of your spine and it squishes your nerves. That's fucking terrifying. So 
How do you think your body's going to respond to that? If you're terrified of your own body because you think that you have jelly squirting out of the back of your spine, which by the way is 100% false, not true anatomically, biomechanically, or pathologically at all. This is false information. Your spine is way more resilient than that. But if you were told this, and this is a common metaphor, if you were told this, then you're going to be terrified of bending over. And if you do bend over subconsciously because of the fear that you have been given, you are going to tighten up like crazy. Your muscles are going to tighten up. You're going to have more pain. You're going to have a bad time. You're going to have actual pain because of the fear that your physician has given you. So if your healthcare provider tells you something scary, and especially if they use that scary thing to then sell you on treatment, like, oh, your spine is all jacked up. Let me do all of this treatment to you. That's going to fix it, right? If they scare you about it, run away. Think about like the best healthcare providers ever. I'm thinking about nurses. Nurses are so fucking good at this. You come in, you could come in, you know, after getting stabbed, you could have blood literally gushing like total, you know, horror films scene, you know, blood's just everywhere. You're, you know, white in the face. You're almost passing out. You've got a knife in you or, you know, or maybe your bones are broken and you can actually see your whole bone sticking out of your leg. And nurses, a great nurse comes in and they, they are able to just say, Hey, it's going to be all right. This is totally okay. We've seen this before. You're going to be just fine. Now they might be even putting on an act a little bit. They might be internally terrified because you're in such bad shape, but somehow they just have this perfect composure. I don't know how they do it, but that's what that's what you want in a healthcare provider is somebody who even when you're going through hell and even when things are really genuinely bad, which I don't really see in my line of work because I'm dealing with people who have um, pain, but they don't usually have severe structural damage. I'm not in emergency medicine. You know what I mean? So, uh, but you want a provider who, even if you do have a little bit of stuff going on with your body, they're not going to freak you out about it. They're going to reassure you, Hey, it's going to be okay. This kind of thing is actually really common. And most of the time, this type of thing heals on its own, right? You want somebody like that. You don't want somebody who's going to scare the shit out of you. Okay. Next up, the next thing that I want you to watch out for is quick appointments. Now, this is this is a tough one. If they if your doctor only sees you for five minutes, try to find a different doctor. That's my general recommendation. But it is difficult because um, sometimes it's not their fault, right? Especially doctors that take insurance. This is this is one of the biggest reasons I don't take insurance. But this uh, doctors that take insurance are bound to, uh, they're, they're only going to get paid based on certain codes and reimbursements. And those codes sometimes are, t uh, are time-based and sometimes they're not. Um, and they, the insurance companies continue every single year to reduce the amount that you get paid for the same code. So you're getting paid less and less and less. Therefore, you can do less in a certain visit. And sometimes they have stipulations where you cannot combine certain treatments in the, in, in the same visit, even if you think it's clinically indicated. Um, and or, or if you give extra treatment, extra time, they just won't pay for it. Like you can only bill one unit of a certain therapy or whatever. Um, or they have a cap on the amount that you can treat. 
It's ridiculous. So as a result, physicians are stuck, you know, seeing people for less and less and less time, and which means they can give you less treatment. They can spend less time getting to know you to actually understand who you are as a human being and your unique set of circumstances, what brought you here, your likes, your dislikes, your beliefs, your attitudes, your culture, and what's actually going to make you better. They can't really come up with a good comprehensive treatment plan. Essentially what it is, they see you for five minutes, they do their the bare minimum due diligence, and then they give you a prescription. They just tell you what to do, do this, buy. The, usually it's medication if it's an allopath. And hey, uh, chiropractors, we do the same thing, right? A lot of chiropractors, you come in, I don't know, I don't have really time to get to know you, so I'm just gonna kind of feel your spine and see where it's stiff and crack your back and send you on your way. And that's because the only thing that insurance companies pay chiropractors for is cracking backs. Guess what? Our schooling is way more comprehensive than that. Essentially, I mean, some people are going to get pissed off about this, but this is the truth. We are trained as basically drug-free and surgery-free primary care physicians. That's how we are. And in many states, we are labeled in the state statutes as primary care portal of entry providers. So we have way more training. We can help you way more than what people think a chiropractor does right? We don't just crack backs. That's a very small portion of our board examination. Most of our examination is based on our ability to correctly assess and diagnose, differentially diagnose a condition and apply the correct treatment or refer to the appropriate provider. Um, so uh, sorry to get on a rant there, but the point is that nobody knows that. And the reason nobody knows that is because the insurance companies are dictating care because all they do is they pay for uh, cracking backs. And so what do most chiropractors do? They crack backs because that's all they get paid to do. So anyway, I'm sorry for the diatribe, but this is the reason I bring that up is to say, I get it. I know why a lot of providers are treating the way they do and they only see you for five minutes, but I don't personally, as a patient, I don't fucking care what the insurance company is willing to provide for. What I care about is that you can actually give me a correct diagnosis and an appropriate comprehensive treatment plan that gets me better. I care that you actually listen to me, listen to me, listen to my story, listen to where I've been and listen to me when I tell you I've tried that treatment and it didn't work. Give me something different. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Let's move on. I think you get the point. Uh, personally, I spend 60 minutes. I spend a whole hour with my patients and it's one-on-one -on -one with your doctor. So it's, you know, it's not like you're getting tossed around. You get five minutes with the doctor, a couple minutes with a nurse and then somebody else for whatever. Um, so I think that, I think it's that important. I take it that seriously. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is treatment plans that have no end date and no clear target. So, uh, you know, you might have somebody who come, you go to a provider, you've got knee pain or you've got chronic low back pain and they, uh, they say, okay, I want you to come in three times a week for four weeks and then two times a week for this many weeks and then blah, blah, blah. And then after that, we want to get you on our uh, maintenance plan, which is once a week forever. So they basically end you with this ambiguous, eh, I don't know. I kind of want to just treat you forever and take your money forever. So if your treatment plan, it's okay if if there's a, a big treatment plan. Some conditions need a treatment plan that is long because you've had chronic pain forever. But if you don't have a definitive end date to the program by which you should have achieved some type of meaningful result, then you're 
you're just in, uh, I don't know, limbo. You're just in uh, like purgatory or something. I don't know. You know, you're in rehab purgatory and you're never going to get better. So it's really important to have a clear end date to treatment. And even if that, you know, what that involves is setting goals, set a clear goal. Okay. We're going to try treatment for three months. We're going to do once a week. And by this time, what our goal is, is I want you to be able to squat um, you know, body weight squats, full depth into a chair and get back out again. I want you to be able to do that with less than a two out of 10 pain. That's our goal. All right. Now we may or may not hit that goal. Hopefully we get close. Hopefully we blow it out of the water, but at least we have something to shoot for because if you aim for nothing, you hit nothing. Right. And if I lead you to just, I don't know, we're going to just see you forever because that's what the insurance company does is they, they'll approve 12 visits. So I don't know, we'll do 12 visits and then we'll try to get more. Uh, it's crazy. We need to have a clear target. Next up, let's talk about passive care only. So a lot of providers will do something to you, but not teach you how to treat yourself at home. They don't teach you how to fish, right? They give you fish, but they don't teach you how to fish. So if your provider is only doing things to you, right? Now I understand that if you have a really acute situation where you're in sudden pain, you had a sudden injury and it's really flared up and you really cannot do any exercise, then it is appropriate for your provider to provide some type of passive relief, whether that's massage or acupuncture or chiropractic care or, um, you know, electrical simulation, which I don't, I, I think is totally useless, but even that, like for a short time, fine, you can do the thing, right? But eventually they should get you moving. They should teach you how to do things at home. They should empower you to manage your condition long-term. And they should be teaching you how to do that so that you do not have to come back to them forever. You should not be in rehab purgatory. You should be um, able to develop what we call self-efficacy or self-reliance, meaning you have the power, the tool set, the knowledge, and the elbow grease to uh, take care of yourself long-term and only need to come back to them if something really flares up or if you have a new condition. So if your provider only does things to you but does not teach you how to take care of yourself, um, then that is somebody that I don't think is giving you the best care that you could get. And part of that comes back to the time thing. If they only see you for five minutes, how much can they really teach you? And lastly, let's talk about research. So if your provider cannot uh, back up their treatment with research as a general rule, I would try to find a different provider. But here's the thing. I want to give a caveat to that because we do not have good research on all of the techniques that we're doing as physical therapy, chiropractic, uh, acupuncture, massage, we just, for pain and injury rehabilitation, for manual therapy and exercise-based therapy for pain and injuries, we just, we just don't have enough really high quality research um, to be extremely picky about what we do or do not do. We have research showing us that some treatments are definitely better than others, and we have research suggesting that some treatments are basically useless, things like ultrasound and electrical simulation. Um, and uh, actually, I don't want to throw 
I don't want to make a statement that's going to piss a bunch of people off uh, quite yet on uh, low back pain, but the, I'll, I'll talk about low back pain in, in another episode. But the point is that I fully understand that we are lacking a lot of research on certain techniques. So it's not like every single thing that I do is 100% evidence-based. Um, it's evidence-informed, meaning I understand the body of literature on a particular condition. I understand what kinds of things you definitely don't want to do and what things you definitely do want to do. And then there's a, a huge gray area of things that I don't know, maybe because we just don't have the research on it. So that's where, you know, being on your, on the team of your patient, right. Uh, having a, a shared decision-making where we discuss the options. And I say, well, here's the deal for low back pain. We know that it's really important that you get good education on your condition so that you understand, um, that it is going to heal. It's going to be okay. And we know that some form of exercise is essential. Um, beyond that, we have certain manual therapies that I think are going to be effective. And I've seen it over and over with my patients. It seems to be effective. They get good pain relief. Um, but this should only be part of your treatment. This should not be the whole treatment. Right. So I think this is going to work. We don't have, you know, uh, we don't have, you know, like bulletproof studies on this kind of thing. Um, so would you like to do this treatment or not? And that is fine. Right. So even doing treatments that are not 100 percent evidence based is totally fine. For example, earlier in this episode, I'd said that I would absolutely send a patient to you know a Reiki or energy healer, even though I do not believe that those treatments work. The reason is because although I, I do not think we have any basis to think that the mechanisms that they are claiming are happening are actually happening, i.e., I don't think that you're changing your, um, you know, your chakras or, you know, some type of energy flow because we can't even define that. So how can we have a conversation about it? But even though I don't think the mechanism that they think is happening is happening, I know for a fact that a bunch of other stuff that's positive for my patient is happening. One is that if they already believe in that kind of thing, then I know they're going to get some benefit out of it because they already believe in it. Um, two is that maybe they're super stressed out and they haven't responded to treatment the way that I expected them to. And so by virtue of being in fight or flight all the damn time, maybe they just need to lay down on a table and relax and basically have a nap and listen to some calming music for an hour. And do I think that that's going to be good for their health, for their chronic pain, for their low back pain, you bet your ass I do. So I know that that works. We have research on that, right? So even if we don't have research on the whole picture, like Reiki specifically, we don't have any good research on that. Um, and how could we? But we know that laying down on a table and taking a nap is good. So <laughs> I'm fine with that, right? So this is where that gray area of the research comes into play, where we can kind of understand the research and then understand when we're breaking away from the research. And so I think that's that's more the point is if your if your provider has no frame of reference for the research, they've never read a study on their um, profession, on their treatments ever in their life, then, I mean, please find somebody who's a little bit more well-informed, right? But we do not have to be research Nazis because we just don't have the research um, to be that picky in the first place. So to wrap things up, I think the big picture here is that if your provider is not on your team, 
right? If they position themselves as the guru, they don't take time to get to know you. They're not involving you in shared decision-making. They're not teaching you how to fish. If they're not helping you come up with solid goals to get you where you want to be, where uh, to a place where you actually care about, right? If they're just coming up with goals that are all about them and uh, degrees of range of motion and not about you and playing with your kids and living the active life you love, that's not really a great provider. Um, I would love to hear from you if you have other things that have really bothered you about your previous providers, please comment or you can even email me, anthony at shapeshiftwellness.com. I would love to know what other things have led to bad experiences with providers in the past. If it's something from this list, please tell me what has been your biggest obstacle with finding a doctor. And then if you do want to work with me one-on-one, if you have a condition that you'd like some individual attention or some questions answered, I do uh, free consultation with anybody anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, you can jump on a call, ask me some questions, and at the very least, I will point you in the right direction, even if I cannot help you myself. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Anthony Davis, and remember that movement is medicine, food is medicine, sleep, people, places, things, it's all medicine, so you are empowered to take the reins and reclaim the active life you love. I'll see you in the next episode.